Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Right Dose with me, Dr. Sherry Standing. Taking care of a child's health can be a very difficult task. Each episode, I will explore topics that you would normally discuss with a pediatrician at your appointment. My goal is to empower parents and children by helping them access tools for lifelong healthy living. Welcome to The Right Dose. I'm Melinda Mackey, along with Dr. Sherry Standing with Greater Regional Health. Good morning. Good morning. And it is, uh, we're into August, and it's back to school time. It's hard to believe. I know. Yeah. I know. My nieces in, in Nebraska, they're going to head back to school on, on August 13th. Wow. So a little earlier for them, but, you know, for us, we wait until the state fair is over with, and but that's... Is that how they decide? I think so, yeah. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many kids that show at the fair. So, you know, you got to get that fair in. The Iowa State Fair is so huge. So, um, but it is back to school time and we don't want to wait until the last minute to get ready for school. I know a lot of parents are already school shopping, buying those school supplies, but there's so much more to preparing your children for going back to school this year. I think especially more than it has been in years past, just because a lot of them are going back to school after COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a lot. So I did reach out to a friend of mine who is in the school system. She's a librarian, uh, a teacher's assistant. She works, works with preschool children and uh, just an all-around really great person and has a good grip on things. And she had some really great tips that um, we can talk about today. Yeah, I love these ideas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the first thing, uh, practicing. There's so much stuff that you have to practice with preschoolers. So this is, this is, and some of it will apply to high school students too, but practicing and eating, eating lunch in a timely manner. I think that's, a, that's an and, excellent thing. And this handout that they have about just uh, thinking about what you put in your kid's lunch that they can open themselves mm-hmm. because, and the, and commenting on if the teacher has to open things for him, like chip bags and things, then she's going to be touching or he's going to be touching the part that the kid is going to put in their mm-hmm. mouth. And so it's um, just for sanitary reasons, but it, it's good to give your kids things that they can open themselves. Mm-hmm. And have that practice run with mm-hmm. the with the packages that you're going to send with them. When I thought about it, I thought that would take up a lot of time if you if it, if the teacher has to go from one table to the next, opening everything for even one student. That's going to take up a lot of time, and that takes out time that they could be eating, and it's it does take up a lot. Um, so, and then of course all the snacks. During the day, I know how my kids were when they were home during the day. They've got free range of the refrigerator. They're basically like free range livestock, just running through your house, <laughs> eating everything whenever they want. And but school, they obviously can't do that. What are what are some of the ways that parents can get them to where they're not starving? Like, what are some of the foods that might fill them up a little bit more or make them feel like they're fuller? Well, for for one thing, to have regular meals and have a, a diverse diet and a, a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I think back to when I was growing up, my mom was always up and dressed and had a little lipstick on and had <laughs> breakfast ready. And we sat at the table and we had a full meal before mm-hmm. we went to school mm-hmm. just to be prepared like that and make sure your kids have a nice meal, not just a granola bar or something, but have mm-hmm. some protein and... Um, 
and a full meal before they go to school. And if you can practice in the summer, instead of snacking all day, having actually three meals a day and maybe a small snack in between, mm-hmm. I think it would be easier to tolerate school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely don't need 75 snacks during the day. No. <laughs> And the other thing about meals, like we're, we kind of get away from having meals together, it seems mm-hmm. like, but there, there's a lot of uh, times that you can have a good conversation with your kids. Like that might, just preparing for school in the way of talking about it. Like, I wonder how you're going to feel on the first day of school. I wonder how it's going to be. I wonder how you want to say goodbye to me in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like just having conversations. It's okay. Sometimes you're excited and scared at the same time. Like, does it feel like that? Mm-hmm. and talk about how they're going to feel because we've been telling them for the whole last year the world's not safe, don't go out there, you've got to stay away from people. And now all of a sudden they're, you're going back right. out in the world. Like that's, yeah. it's And kids are, I think they're usually curious and they want to investigate the world, but just to make it clear to them that's okay. They sh- mm-hmm. It's okay to be curious and go out now. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something else that uh, Jenny had mentioned when she messaged me that um, not only find out what it is that is bothering them about like if they're if they are having some anxiety about going back to school, but what are they going to do about it? So after yeah. they get to school, do they think that they're going to be upset? And then what what would be some of the things that you could tell your child, your preschooler that if they do start feeling anxious or homesick after they get back to school, what would be something that that you could tell them to just stop and think about? Even just to stop and breathe. Like just paying attention, a, a young child can learn that trick. Mm-hmm. Just teach them about learning to take deep breaths. It's hard to be anxious when you're taking deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Just simple things like that, or what maybe focusing on a song they like, or something that they can bring up easily and think about that's mm-hmm. that's happy for them. Mm-hmm. And something else that uh, also the the self-care and making sure that they're washing their hands. And I read another another blog where it called uh, your sleep schedule, sleep hygiene. Yeah. And I thought that was really great because it does kind of connect everything all together and make it seem like it is one thing but the self-care is not just washing your hands and taking care of your your coats and your shoes and that kind of thing it's also getting to bed at at a decent time so Mm -hmm. uh we'll talk a little bit about the going to bed and getting them on a better sleep schedule what would be the minute increment if you're you have a child that's been going to bed at at nine o'clock but we need to get them to start going to bed at eight o'clock do you start a whole hour or increase it maybe do it in 15 minute increments so Mm -hmm. you might start a couple weeks before school and just keep backing uh making the bedtime 15 minutes earlier Mm -hmm. and have a bedtime routine and do it the same way every time and then and start getting up at school time and so they'll be more tired when it gets to the evening and you want to try to get the bedtime Mm -hmm. earlier but i would start practicing a couple weeks ahead with getting up at bedtime at school time Mm -hmm. and having breakfast and getting you know everybody gets dressed and this is how it's going to be when school starts and for preschoolers what can they learn to do as far as tying shoes and putting their coats on their shoes on are are they uh do they have that ability to where they can learn to tie their shoes i think so Mm -hmm. like when you're four four or five you should be able to learn to tie your shoes Mm -hmm. and that's i I don't remember how old my kids were when they learned to tie i don't remember either for sure but i think that is right like by the time you go to kindergarten you Mm -hmm. should be able to be able to tie your shoes it's just something to 
learn mm-hmm. and being able to put your own coat and hat and mittens on mm-hmm. so the teacher doesn't doesn't have to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, uh, also she mentions uh, if you can get your school usernames and passwords. And, you know, when I was in school, we had a card and school usernames and passwords didn't come about, I think, until Savannah was in junior high or so. And it was really new then. But for younger kids, and I think that that, that really is, is helpful that they're starting out using their usernames and passwords. And they've kind of been introduced to that electronic age that they're going to grow up in. Um, but uh, as far as memorizing usernames and passwords, I don't know how, how young that they do that, if that is something that they start in kindergarten. But um, what would be some, some ways that they could help memorize at that age their, their username and password? I think you just, maybe you could make a game out of it, but you'd have to go over it over and over. Yeah. Until <laughs> they got it, just like how they learn their address and your phone yeah. number. It's yeah. kind of in the realm of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, as school supplies... Uh, she also mentioned, uh, (laughs) I kind of want to read her, her exact quote. That's so funny. It, 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 uh, actually, when you think about it, it makes complete sense. And I really do think that maybe at some point we should have a, um, a, a teacher, session where they can test products and they can tell us which ones and which ones not but uh she says uh, believe me when i say you do not need to buy the scented glue sticks kids have been eating glue for years why would they make them scented <laughs> for that matter do not be sad if you purchase smelly glue sticks and some other kid or either your kid or kid's friend uses it as chapstick do they even have teacher product tests i think they probably need to have those but that makes sense why would you kids have been eating glue for years why would you make them smell like their food so <laughs> it really makes a ton of sense so that is something to think about when you when you're buying your kids school supplies that maybe that isn't a necessary thing to have yeah so <laughs> and uh but uh, it, also when you uh are buying those school supplies and then the the fidget spinners not every child needs to have a fidget spinner and I, I think if you think your child may need to have a fidget spinner, maybe there's something else that they can look for. What would be some of the signs that your child actually would need a fidget spinner? Well, some kids that are really cognitively delayed or have autism or have um, a really intense distractibility that it calms, but mm-hmm. it's not most kids. Mm-hmm. And even you know, kids with a diagnosis of ADHD, they don't need to have fidget spinners or whatever Mm -hmm. and they found that a lot of them had lead-based paint on them and I would just be very careful about those and I think they can get distracting to the classroom and other people that they're around Mm -hmm. and I think kids have enough distractions the way it is anyway so maybe leave those at home and and uh, um, but it also leads right into you know letting your kids get bored Mm -hmm. and letting them figure out how to be creative and the self-soothing and I Uh, all the teachers that I have talked to, every last one of them will say, I wish that they knew how to basically be happy in their own head Mm -hmm. and not be bored and not have to have constant 
interaction with someone where they can sit and they can wait and be patient. Yes. And that seems to be the theme for, for all the teachers that I've talked to. And I think that of course is going to have to start at home. Um, so do you give your children things to play with to try to stimulate that brain activity and that, that creativeness? I myself think it's good for kids to just have to be on their own and make up their games Mm -hmm. and that's how they get creative like playing outside playing with other kids they learn to be creative that way and Mm -hmm. to think up their own things parents don't need to give them things to think about they that's part of the growing brain Mm -hmm. and that's I think with all the electronics and not playing outside very much um, it makes kids less creative and less able to just be in their heads Mm -hmm and fantasize and make up things and mm-hmm. well and then uh, but that goes that goes right along with independence and yeah that's that's super important and having them think for themselves and and uh self-regulation of emotions that's something that we have talked about too and i still i love that what what you can ask a child they're having a meltdown and ask them and i think it's a great question to ask them uh-huh and then how do you need that you're not getting exactly (laughs) what do you need that you are not getting so (laughs) and if their needs are not being met (laughs) then you can figure out a way to do that and um but i i the whole losing your temper and i i would assume that things behaviors would change after they've been staying at home for as long as they have hopefully everybody has been able to get out and interact with other people and maybe reconnect with some friends through through the ending of covid um but still uh i would imagine we're going to have a little bit of an overload of of emotions in the first week of school and a lot of parents are more anxious and that kind Mm -hmm. of rubs off so one thing to prepare i think one thing to think about is just that if you're anxious it's going to your kids mm-hmm. can tell us there's a way for parents to also calm down mm-hmm. what you need to do letting your kids play outside like it's safe to play outside mm-hmm. um in the in this time of coronavirus mm-hmm. so let your kids ride bikes play outside be creative with other kids and kind of get used to socializing that way mm-hmm. definitely and with talking to, with other children and, and when your, your, your kids are playing with, uh, make sure uh, with other children. And, and uh, she also says, and we've talked about this before, that teach proper names for body parts. And I know it's easy to come up with, with, with silly names because you don't want to actually say the actual word, uh-huh. but coming and being able to say the actual word for actual body parts and not some kind of strange family nickname. Yeah that is essential yes and also using the right words makes kids feel confident about their bodies this is what it's called this is what it does mm-hmm. this is it's just normal mm-hmm. definitely uh-huh. um and then we talked a little bit about uh fidget spinners and and then adhd uh you would you would send a blog and i think that this is interesting uh the alternates you uh treatment for adhd not medication and I think a lot of parents don't want to go the medication route. And if mm-hmm. it's not necessary, then why why put medication into your child if you don't have to? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the alternatives to ADHD medication? Well, a lot of times um, it's a variety of things. Like sometimes kids aren't getting enough sleep or they have anxiety mm-hmm. that can be managed. Um, 
And diet, like being on a healthy diet, sometimes people find that taking gluten or dairy out makes a difference mm-hmm. to kids' energy and and um, attention, being able to focus. Um, there are some supplements, like magnesium can be kind of calming. Um, so there... And there's there are things like neurofeedback, so it's a kind of a there's a group in Des Moines that does that now, so it's a it's a number of sessions, but kids are hooked up with electrodes to a game or a movie, and when they're focusing, the movie's in focus or the game works, huh. and they learn. So it's a biofeedback, wow, um, process, and they it's it takes a number of sessions, but. And it used to not be covered by insurance, but now it is covered by insurance. And so I like to tell people about that option because that can be a permanent um, correction and kids actually learn how to focus. Huh. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody, but for some kids. Right. But just um, a lot of times changing diet, decreasing screen time, um, uh, improving sleep, mm-hmm. all, all of those things make a very big difference. And sometimes there are family stressors or the child's being bullied like sometimes there are are there's trauma going on that makes kids not be able to focus and so mm-hmm. it's not always the child's brain problem but a, mm-hmm. a an other issue that needs to be addressed now as a pedi- pediatrician have you seen more families come in with children that are having behavioral issues yes. and is that since covid has started i think so mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah. So hopefully maybe with everything going back to whatever normal is that maybe we'll be getting back to uh I something hope a so better. if it is mm-hmm. going to I don't know if it's going to be normal this fall or not. Mm-hmm. It seems more and more unlikely. Right. Right. Hopefully we'll just keep crossing our fingers and so. yeah. hoping everyone is still getting vaccinated and yeah. and still 12 and up. Those are the ages for the vaccines. That's and, right. There mm-hmm. maybe by the late fall Mm-hmm. to have earlier ages of um, able to get them. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's good. <laughs> Parents have a lot on their plates. It's hard work they being do. a good parent. Yeah, it it's is. It's really hard. It is. But all the, just the things we talked about are hard to, hard yeah. to implement. And it, it, it but just, it makes such a difference when you do mm-hmm. it. Uh-huh. It just takes so much time. And I, I was talking to another mom today, and, and she said, I, I know I made a lot of mistakes. And I thought, we've all made a lot we of all, mistakes. Just being a parent, you look back and wish you'd done so many things yeah. differently. But there, you just do the best you can at the yeah. moment you're in. That's yeah. what everybody does. And there, there's a reason there's that saying, hindsight's twenty twenty, because yeah. it really is. And uh, if, if you've got any, I think, any any parent that says, I was the perfect parent and I did everything correctly, I think you've got a really big liar mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. I know there's so many things that I look back. I know I did things right, but I also know I did a lot of things wrong. And uh, so it's, but you can't go back and you can, like you said, do only do the best you can. And it's, it's messy and it's hard and it's, but it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've got any questions or comments for uh, Dr. Standing, then you can send those to KSIB at KSIBmedia.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Right Dose. If you like the show and want to know more, check out greaterregional.org and click on the podcast page for episodes, information discussed on the podcast, and if you have suggestions on topics that you want to hear about. 
Also, if you like what you heard here, give us a review. Thank you.